0: The weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Morning, church. How are you doing today? First thing we have to do is get rid of that image of David with little ducks in the bathtub. I cast down that imagination. I bring that thought into the captivity of Jesus. I would just, I just find that troubling. That image is troubling to me. Help me, Lord. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 5. David, if that offended you, I'm okay with that. You assaulted my thoughts. John chapter 5. There was a sign on a road in Mexico that said, Choose your rut you will be in it for a long time. And sometimes we in the church read a scripture or we hear it taught or preached on. We read a story and we, we are thinking gets channeled into that's what that story was all about. And even when inside of us something doesn't quite sit, about the story, How I many you know what I'm talking about? Something just, I don't know, it just, it's there and we don't know what to do with it. And so the, the only way to break out of that line of thinking is for us to be a little bit brave and to, for a moment at least, set aside what we think we know about a story and allow the Holy Spirit to speak something new to us. The Holy Spirit said in Isaiah, he said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? And so I want to encourage you, just for the the next few minutes as we're ministering, I want you to lay aside what you think you may know about this story so that possibly the Holy Spirit can show you something new. For the next few minutes, I want to share with you, you are not stuck. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me? Father, my sole desire this morning is to share your heart and your word with your people. And yet I know that without the move of your Holy Spirit, that will be a wasted effort the Holy Spirit. You're just released to do what you do so well. You guide us into truth today. You speak life to the dead areas of our our hearts. You speak light into darkness. I take authority over a hindering spirit, every hindering spirit. I take authority over it in Jesus' name. Your people, Father, will hear your voice today. And your words are spirit and they are life. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are good about taking notes, you know it was about 17 months ago we preached on this text. But it's going to go a very different direction this morning. If you can take a moment and imagine the scene. This this pool which for years archaeologists didn't believe it existed was was finally found in 1956 they say proving the bible right no the bible was always right it proved that they were wrong let's get that understood and in the this pool was in the, literally in the midst of the city it was the, the, the bottom of the pool, the pool itself, sat down below street level. And you, you had to go down a series of steps. Almost imagine bleachers. And you had to go down quite a series of steps to get to where the pool was. And the pool was shaped in, in such a way that it had five sides. And, and there, are, there are pillars, and it's, it's open. If you get to the top of the bleachers, you're at street level. And, and, and everything's going on around you. And we, we, we see this story, and you can imagine, if you will, for just a moment, being there. Because as the Father told me this week in preparing this, there, there are people that are as stuck or think they're as stuck as this guy is. You've been stuck a long time. And from his vantage point and the vantage point of everybody else there waiting for something to happen, life went on around them. What you and I would hear as joyful noise of commerce taking place and people coming and going, weddings and laughter and children playing, was nothing more than an irritant to these people because there they sat and they sat there while life passed on around them I can imagine my thoughts after just a short time there why am I stuck here and everybody else's life goes on when my my dad passed away it was the first death in our family of somebody close to me and even though I had ministered numerous funerals, it was a how many of you know what I'm talking about? It was a unique experience. This was my dad. He was a, a mountain of a man. He was, and I remember during the, the viewing hours at one point I stepped outside and the funeral home there in Medina, Ohio is literally right in the middle of the city. Across the street from it was a friendly ice cream restaurant. and. I stepped outside during the viewing hours at one point to catch my breath and there was a family got out of a car and they started walking into the Friendly's restaurant and they're laughing and they're just having a good time. They're going to get ice cream and I got mad. How could you, how could you be having laughter on a day like this? My dad's dead. I am not understand what I'm saying. I would imagine that rivaled the feelings that these people felt sitting in this, this place, and, and, and they, they are convinced that they're stuck. In fact, the, the Bible says that they are blind, lame, paralyzed. Do you know what all three of those have in common? For blind, lame, or paralyzed people, movement is hard. If you're blind, movement is hard. If you're lame, movement is hard. If you're paralyzed, movement is hard. And, and, and yet, look at, the, look at the diversity because they're sitting there and they can't move, but they're waiting for the moving of water. ever strike you as cruel they're sitting there blind lame and paralyzed follow this you got to grab a hold of this they're sitting there blind lame and paralyzed and their eyes are fastened on a pool of water and they're looking for that pool of water to move But when the pool of water moves, those people who have trouble moving now need to move to get the healing. Does that strike anybody else as just kind of a bad idea? I understand we, we have, in the church, we've embraced this whole scene as as some, some stamp of approval by God, but the more we get into it, the crueler it seems. And then when we just blow past the fact that it's an angel that's bringing the healing... I could be wrong. I've searched and searched and searched. I can't find any other place in Scripture where an angel heals. I know in the New Testament, there's numerous references that we need to be careful about seeking angels who do works. I, I, there's numerous references that we need to be careful because they will appear... As angels of light, when in fact there are angels of harm in darkness. How many know what I'm saying? And and then when you read in the story that this place is called in the Hebrew Bethesda. Now they pronounce it differently, but when you and I in English look at it, we say Bethesda. It's actually the mixing of two words: Beth, which means home. Hesda Hesda has dual meanings uh, to help you to understand in, in our English language maybe we have something similar if I told you that David was running well then you know that David was running but if I told you that the faucet in the bathroom was running you wouldn't expect to see legs and feet and movement you, how many know what I'm saying it, it's the same word. Are you with me so far? And the the writer expects you to know which one to apply. So when I say the David was running, you don't expect him to be flowing like water across the floor. You expect. How I many you know what I'm saying here? Well, well, hesda has dual meaning. It means house of grace. It also means house of shame. you with me? And the author expected us to know the difference. So now let's back up and look at the story again. We have a large quantity of people stuck. Life is going on around them and they can't seem to get engaged. They can't engage with life because they're blind and they're lame and they're paralyzed. And, and the, the blind and the lame paralyzed are tortured by life going on around them and, and they're waiting for the people that can't move are waiting for a move that they only get to benefit if they can move when it moves. But they're there because they can't move. Are you getting this? I don't know your background, but I have a hard time seeing the love and mercy of God in this. Can we be real for a moment? The God that I know, this, this doesn't line up with him. This doesn't line up with his mercy. This guy had been ill like this for 38 years, and he spent every moment of his existence sitting there, staring, and occasionally stumbling, and then repeatedly going back and assuming his position, hoping for sometime, someday somehow he gets delivered and healed. Are you with me? And here's the issue with that. If that doesn't describe too many Christians in too many places and houses of God today, I don't know what does. People come to church and A gathering of people. There's a number of people that are stuck and the spirit of God moves in the service and somebody gets healed and we rejoice with that one that's healed but inwardly we're saying, what about me? This pool became a holding place not of dead people, but people who weren't really living. They're waiting for something more. I, I would bet this pool took on a life of its own. We, we were blessed to go to Pensacola during the years of the move of God there, and it was a, it was a, it was an experience. How many ever got to go there? Wow, it was an experience. And literally, the the, the line to get in took on a life of its own. People would come out at 11 or 12 o'clock at night and walk out the front doors of the church, and when you walked out the front doors of the church, there's already a line of 100, 150 people that are waiting for 7 p.m. tomorrow's service to stand in a black parking lot in the Florida sun in the middle of summer. And people would come out, and they'd find their way to the end of the line. And we had this down to an art. You, you wanted to be in the main auditorium. We kind of figured out if you got there by one or 1.30, you would get in the auditorium. And so we would show up at one or 1.30, get in line, and wait for the next five and a half or six hours, just just standing and. It kind of did take a life of its own. Pretty soon, food trucks got the idea, hey, there's 2,000 people standing out in the parking lot, can't go nowhere to get no food. Vendors showed up selling umbrellas, glow sticks. You know how it goes. Food, water. I could bet this pool took on a life of its own. I bet relationships were, were developed. I'm sitting next to Matthew for two years and Matthew's got the same issue I've got. I, He can't move and I can't move. And we, he tells me how bad his life is. I tell him how bad my life is. He tells me how stuck he is. I tell him how stuck I am. When a move of the water happens he doesn't make it down. He tells me his excuses, and I didn't make it down. I tell him my excuses, and we hope for the food truck to come by because, man, those Polish sausages are good. And we just we 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 start camping out there. We live there. Let me know what I'm talking about. I wish I could. I wish you could feel what I'm feeling right now. And in the middle of that, Jesus walks in. Get this for a moment. If this angel was from God, Jesus could have gone down and dipped his finger in the water and everybody who got in would have got healed. But he's here to tell us a different story. He walks in and he looks around at that mess just two weeks ago we, we talked about or three weeks ago we talked about a place where Jesus stood with the disciples and there were tens of thousands of people there all of whom were sick the Bible said and all of whom got healed remember that far as I can tell this is about four days removed from that you got you got that and he sees and listen he's moved by every one of their issues he's a God who's touched by the feelings of our infirmities he's moved by that but right now he has to do what the father has sent him here to do because he's not only speaking to this guy or those people, he's speaking over their heads to us. Do you get that? And so he he has to craft this story so that it can help you and I who aren't sitting physically by this pool but metaphorically are sitting by this pool. Are you with me so far? And he walks into this mess and he looks around Want to be made well? Not a dumb question. We humans can ask dumb questions. God doesn't ask dumb questions. I bent the side of the road. We pulled off the side. The hood open. Somebody pulls up. Everything okay? Yeah. I just was wondering what my engine looked like. So I. I pulled off the side of this busy highway in the middle of the summer and opened my hood so I could look at it. It's fine. I'll be done looking at it in a minute. And we'll go on. No, everything's not okay. The Bible says that he knew. He knew this guy had been there for a long time. Will you be made well? And here come the excuses. Listen to me, listen to me. you got to grasp this. you got to open up your spirit and grasp this. He keeps talking about the angel, and he's missing the healer. And he says, every time, Every time the waters get troubled, I, I find myself stuck here, just staring, stumbling, and I never get anywhere. Other people here have have have, have somebody to help them. I don't have anybody, and I, I, I'm just stuck here. You ever been just feel like you've just been stuck? And I want to tell you it's the trick of the enemy to make you think that. That, God, that somebody other than God needs to come along to get you unstuck. That while he's making excuses about why he's stuck there, the one who can unstuck him is talking to him. And get the audacity of this. He's saying to the one that's never left him, I don't have anybody. This has been a good place for Jesus to say, what am I, chopped liver? I don't have anybody to put me in the water. You know, I understand. I understand down through the years we church have seen this pool as some kind of a a weird occurrence. It's always irritated me. The whole story has always irritated me. Why would God do that? Why would those people be stuck there all those years waiting for that occasional moment for an angel to come down, stir the waters, and then people who are blind, lame, and paralyzed have to struggle down there? Can you understand? And one person gets it, and a thousand other people are disappointed, and they go back to the resting spot. And they wait again with their eyes focused on that. And I, I've never seen the mercy and generosity and kindness of God in that. Because so many people are just like this guy. They, they've they got all the reasons in the world, all the excuses in the world, why they're stuck. And, and then Jesus, he, he just... Blows everything away with this extravagant prayer of healing. He prays over this guy. Do you ever notice he never told the guy you're healed? He never prayed for him. He never laid hands. He didn't get the worship team. Come on, turn it up. It's not loud enough. I need five leaders with me here. Are you ready for a move of God? None of that happened. I'm coming in. Whoa! None of that happened. You know what he did? Read it yourself he said. Get up. Get up. Wait a minute, where was the healing? Get up. Dude, I wanted the show. Where's the worship team? Get up. mean, I mean, get up. Yeah, but I, get up. (laughs) This week, the Lord started putting this message into my heart in a unique way. He took my mind to Ezekiel standing there and looking at the Valley of Dry Bones. And I thought that's where we were going to go. And The one line in that story I've always found funny. Because at one point, as Ezekiel's standing there looking at all the valley of dry bones, God says to him, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Um, (laughs) folks, they're not just bones. They're dry bones. Um... And here's his answer, you know, Lord. (laughs) I've had one of our sons bring me a toy that he broke. Dad, can you fix it? (laughs) Leave it with me, because I know their memory is short. I didn't have the heart or the courage to say no. It's busted beyond repair. What have you done? I just gave that to you. I'll see what I can do. And Ezekiel says, "You know, he's not going to lie to God." Yeah, yeah, I see. I see this clear as day. I see these bones coming together. I see the flesh and the skin getting on them. I see them dancing around. I see you making an army out of these dry bones. No, there's no use. Can I tell you, there's no use to lying to God? He's okay with the truth all the time. He just said, uh, You know, God, where are you going with this? going with this Jesus walked into this valley of dry bones and all he did was get up did you not just hear me tell you 38 years You, you You don't got a fancy prayer for me? I've seen evangelists on TV. They got moves. You don't have any of that? Where's the flowing, moving language? Where's the band? Where's the noise? Where's the circumstance and pomp? Where's all of that? Dude, if you think I could just get up, I wouldn't have been here for 38 years. But... I wanna tell you when you disagree with God, you're wrong always, and he's right always, so take that to the bank. And he just said to the guy, get up. And the guy stood and was healed. Listen to me for a moment. As further encouragement that the idea that we've had about this pool is not quite what maybe we have thought it was. Jesus walks out with this one guy. And I've been sitting around that pool for all this time, and I hear that. The pool, it, it... you know, you, you could almost, not quite, but you could almost fit it in this, in this room. It wouldn't be as rectangular. It'd be five-sided. But imagine Jesus walking down, and he goes to one guy. Everybody around, circumference, here's what he says. You are starting to get the picture now? He's telling them, y'all could just stand up and leave here anytime you want. You're not stuck. The enemy has fooled you that you are stuck until some other entity gets involved with your life. And and if everything goes just right, and if the timing and everything is just right, it will be your moment. I want you to know that's not how my father works. Just get up. And he walks into the midst of that, and you can bet that every eye is on him He's the only one walking around. Every ear is tuned. He goes down and he finds this guy and everyone hearing, he says, will you be made whole? And I can imagine hearing a thousand voices say, duh. And he says, get up. Can you imagine sitting there? You've you've seen that guy sitting over there for years. What's this guy saying, get up? What are you you talking about, get up? (laughs) And then he gets up. He gets up and he he takes up his stuff because he's not coming back here anymore. And he leaves. I can tell you what I'm thinking if I'm sitting there. I wonder if that would work for me. I want to tell you this morning the enemy has people in this room trapped and you're looking for something to happen and when that something happens you think you're not going to be stuck anymore and the reason why god started me with the journey of this message is in ezekiel because i'm speaking to dry bones that's how long you have been stuck And all I have for you is to tell you, in the name of Jesus, you're not stuck. You're not stuck. The Word of God out of His mouth and the Word of God out of my mouth is as powerful as each other because it's not the mouth. He spoke through donkeys. Even Jesus said, I don't speak of myself. I speak what I hear the Father say. So listen, when he went to this guy and said, get up, he said that because the Father had told Jesus to tell him, get up. Are you with me? In the same way I am telling you, I'm no Jesus, but we have the same Father. I'm telling you, you're not stuck. You think you are. You imagine you are. There's a stronghold telling you you are. But Jesus walked in the midst of that mess and said, Get up. Would you stand to your feet this morning? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.